Well, it's all right. Welcome back to Ducks on the Podcast, episode 22? 20, 22 or 23. Perhaps. Yeah, 22, 23. A lot has happened in, the, in this month. Yeah, of, it's been uh, about a month since we did. Yeah. I feel like the last one we did was down here with Ben. Remember I had to leave early to go to my, my foot appointment? No, I don't think that was the last one. It might have been. Yeah, I think actually I think it was, and then me and Ben kind of hung out and talked after. Right. Yeah. Lots has happened. Where do we begin? Well, why don't you start with yourself? Well, I've been learning Italian. Um, wanted to tell you about my professor. She's great. She speaks Italian and English perfectly. Um. She gave me this book, this this parallel book of Italian on, on the left page and then English on the right page. Oh, really? It's full of short stories. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I asked her if I could do that for a project, and she says, here, let me just give you this book. And um, so I've been reading that. I brought it to work yesterday, actually. And uh, I've been trying not to look at the English right. size as much as I can, but I have to. You know, these are bigger words. Mm-hmm. Like, this... This short story I'm reading is called Il Longo Viaggio, and it's about the Italian immigration in the 1940s to America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was, when I was doing my project today at the library, the Clinton Macomb Public Library, mm-hmm. I was I was kind of like unraveling the meaning of the story as I was doing my project. Mm-hmm. And I figured that the meaning of the story is, we all have to deal with this kind of shit at, at one point in our lives, because the captain... Signor Melfa, he's uh, he's greedy, and he doesn't give a damn about any of his passengers except for their money. Like there's one example where this one guy was bringing in like five, six bags. He's like, "Would you bring the house with you?" And the uh, and, and he's and he realizes that that guy had a lot of money on him, so he said, "Oh, he's fine." So he brought him on anyway. Oh yeah. So you kind of have to have to deal with. We all kind of have to go on an excursion in our lives, and there's always going to be somebody stopping us. I wrote it down better in the PowerPoint, but um, what I realized was, um, don't let it stop you from going on. Be victorious in the midst of strife. That's good. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it seems like an interesting book. That your professor gave you. I still haven't even finished it. Well, there's multiple stories in it. Um, do you, uh, how much have you been working? I've been working a lot more, like five days a week lately. Oh, really? At, at, just at the creek? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's good, man. A lot, lot during the week. Have you seen Dez? Dez I saw twice. I saw her today, actually. You know, dude, I haven't seen her since the fall. Really? Mm-hmm. She's been working. Yeah, but just when I'm not working. Because I work the weekends, she has the weekends off. I, I went in today to uh, to talk to Mr. Weber, and um, she was there, and I, I said hi to everybody when I walked in, and Dan... Dan's there? Dan is there. He, he's been back since Monday. Oh my god. But but I don't want to get too detailed into this, but um, he didn't look happy today. Okay. Yeah, I'm worried about him. But we can leave it at that. We, okay. We can talk about that later. Okay, but uh, work work has been good. I uh, I wanted to tell you something. I've been talking to Mr. Weber lately uh-huh. about um, something, and we got to talking. He told me about this book here, this history book. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at it. It's about it's about Paris, uh, the what's it called, the occupation of Paris by the Germans, mm-hmm. and also when they attacked in World War One, when they attacked Paris. So it goes from like. 1880s or 1890s to 1910s and 20s and then it goes to like 30s and 40s it goes all around oh, okay so it's like it's like if you watch um what's that movie midnight in paris yeah you'll be able to get a broader perspective okay and this book is fucking incredible dude you should have seen his face when he was describing it like weber's yeah he was he was like he was like in a, a whole nother world when he was talking about it Oh really? It's about the Hotel Ritz, and I don't know if you've read Hemingway. 
Uh, vaguely. Yeah, Hemingway stayed there for a, a lot of his life with Fitzgerald. And um, the Ritz, their hotel, it was it was housed a lot of like artists and writers and surrealists, like like all all the uh, the progressives of, of the day were housed in that hotel. Okay. So, um, there were there were like huge things happening. You know, the Germans coming in, and like all these new people coming in, people losing money, people gaining money. And they kind of give their take on all the things that are changing. Some, some of them time. do, some of them don't. But what's really interesting is there's an author that's named in that book. Um, he's one of the characters in the history. His name is Mar- Marcel Proust. And his greatest, one of the greatest achievements of literature of all time is the book that he wrote. It's like, I don't remember how long it is, over a thousand pages. And it's about that hotel and everything that happens in it. And the moral of the story is, everyone in that hotel is talking about their exploits and how they hate themselves for them, like their past. But none of it really matters. And you find that out in the end of the book, apparently. Like the second half of the book. Like, there's a really good message in that book. This book is packed so fucking high with shit. Like, it's incredible, man. Like, I wish I got my own copy. Well, uh, once you finish it, let me know how you liked it. I already love it. If it's a book that, you know, you keep pressing on me, pressing on me, then I'll definitely have to read it at some point. Especially once I'm done with Crime and Punishment. One second. Hold off on that. I wanted to tell you this. So, the thing that sold me on this was when he was talking about Hemingway. Um, he said that at the, end of the, at the end of the war, the end of the occupation of Paris, Hemingway and a bunch of the writers and artists decided to go on the front lines to drive the Germans out of Paris. He's like, fuck it, we're going first. And they, they took up arms, and they, they, they uh, drove the Germans out. Are you telling me Hemingway fought on the front lines? I'm saying that Hemingway fought on the front lines. In World War Two. In World War Two. And World War One. And, well, I don't know if he was... Wasn't he an ambulance driver? In Italy, yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the front lines there, though. But, you know, he was macho. Yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me that that's kind of what he <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Um, but yeah, no, sounds like a good book. It's um, a very interesting book. It's kind of funny, too. I was talking to Mr. Weber, and he's like, isn't it funny? And I'm like, how's it funny? He's like, all these different kinds of people, like, you have all these artists, all these, like, very, very liberal, like, surrealists and uh, avant-gardists. Yeah. But then you have the Germans. Because the Germans are, uh, the Nazis were um, vacating the rooms so that they could occupy them and live in them. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, and it's kind of ironic, this, the, the switch. Between, like, a liberal and conservative uh, occupation. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting room. is the artists influence... The artists start influencing the Germans. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, that sounds cool. This is the greatest piece of history I've ever read, like, so far. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. But you wanted to talk about 4-Hour Workweek. Oh, uh, I did, yeah. Um, so I had this ordeal over the last month... That has sparked my, uh, you know how I said back a few months ago about how I read through most of the book, well, I read through about half of the book until the part where it actually gives steps into what to do to actually start your own business. I remember that. And I, I said that I'd stop there and I'll pick it up at a, a, a different time when I'm ready. Well, that time is, is has come. Um, so you do an Amazon profile? No. What is your plan? Well, let me give some background. I uh, I wanted to uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I did a motorcycle class with Ben. We got our motorcycle license, and uh, we were looking at a bikes to buy. And long story short, I was allocating you know a few thousand dollars to buying a bike, and then I realized that insurance is expensive as well for somebody my age. Typically, motorcycle insurance is really pretty cheap, like two to four hundred bucks for the year but for me obviously i'm 17 no riding experience it's going to be much much higher it's like three times that so you know i I, that was the last draw last straw when i figured out the insurance was so i said to myself 
you know, instead of spending these thousands of dollars on a motorcycle, I'm going to spend it on trying to start up a business. And and then with the profit that comes from the business, I'm going to buy a motorcycle, right? So the, the profit that comes from that, I will allocate towards a motorcycle, right? Because I still why work. I, well, yeah, yeah. Like why, why, you know, spend your time working at a job to make this money when really like your time is really being wasted. So I could instead put my money towards like trying to plant a money tree that will, you know, save me time in the future. Money does grow on trees. Yeah, it definitely can. Um, and so that's what's, that has what, that is what brought me back to this book. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're on, uh, let's see. In this book, um, there's a few different chapters where it gets kind of divided. And there's kind of background and, and all that. There's step one, D is for definition. Right. Step two, E is for elimination. Mm-hmm. Very both, good chapter. Both very good uh, sections of the book uh, that I highly recommend anybody reading. And then it gets serious in step three, which is A is for automation, which is where... Uh, Sorry, I'm going to automate your income. Right. Three chapters in that uh, section... Income Autopilot 1, 2, and 3. So these are uh, chapters where you really have to hone in. And Income Autopilot 1 is finding the muse. Income Autopilot 2 is testing the muse. And then Income Pilot 3 is management by absence, right? So you can see how this is kind of evolving here. And the obviously, the first chapter is finding you know the idea that is going to make turn into a business mm-hmm. second part is testing that idea making sure that's viable without funneling thousands of dollars into it figuring out that the market it's really not very viable and then the third chapter is management by absence mba uh which is obviously autonomizing the business and that goes into section four which is L is for liberation. So liberating yourself from the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been focusing mostly this week on step one while also dabbling and researching step two, right? It's easier to find ideas for products than it is to test. Um, but eventually I've been gathering some ideas uh, over this past week and I've been wanting to test one of them, spend a few hundred dollars in testing it. And seeing how the market responds to it. You're going to say it on here? The idea? Mm-hmm. Um, no. Yeah, I, I agree. No, I'm going to actually give most of the ideas to you. Also, uh, after I'm off the air, just because, you know, I mean, it's... If I get the idea, if later this summer when we when I actually start the project and seeing how it goes, then, then I will share the idea. But like I said, these ideas are... Um, Don't want to be jumpy. Yeah, don't want to be too jumpy with things like that. But because that, that affects how you get things done. Yeah, it you're does. just gonna say it. It really like, does. One thing I've been doing is not saying sorry when I do something wrong. Instead, I just don't do it again next time it happens. Yeah, I think people appreciate that a lot more. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I definitely think they do. Um. But dude, these are these are some of the ideas that I've had coming up here. Just from today. Well, I mean, we don't I'll, want to talk about them right now. No, no. I'll if show you're going to give sh- them to me, I'm, I'm going to be looking at these for a while. I'll show you them tomorrow. Or, or not tomorrow. Uh, I'll show you them after, on, off the air. Mm-hmm. Um, Good thing we did this at five today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, th- that's just the, uh, that's kind of what I've been dealing with this past few, uh, few weeks here. And, uh, you know, everyone has their start on that book for our work week. Right now, I'm in I'm in the phase of like, like like right now, my highest priority with it is one, it taught me to be eager in speaking Italian and learning Italian, and two, the comfort challenges. Yeah. The comfort challenges are fucking incredible. Yeah, they're great. I've been I've been doing the one where it's eye contact without speech. So how do you, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? Well, like so, so here's how I, I know do it. I know how you do it, but like how, it's obvious, it's so easy. But here's what I do: as I'm walking by someone at work, I just like. Not with my hands on my hips, but I just like walk by, just kind of look at them like this. Got to blink, obviously, but you gotta, you gotta make a. You can't just be like. <laughs> you gotta blink. You you have to blink. You have to make a face. You have to make some kind of face that isn't like. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be like kind of, you know, or, or like, like or welcoming. maybe like approachable. 
No. <laughs> no. No, I do that sometimes. Like, like I just say, like, like it's kind of like a what's up, but without saying anything. Or without moving, okay, I moving your head. It's kind of like... Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> uh, I understand. I mean, I'm not looking at my face while I do it. But... So you'll, make, you'll maintain eye contact for two minutes? Not, no, two minutes? Isn't That's... that the goal? No. <laughs> or until they break it? I think it's until they say something, but no way it's two minutes. I, I know I have this some here somewhere. Not here. The end of here, oh uh, here it is oh you know wait I think they give uh, in the front of the book the index where I don't think it's two minutes cover challenge oh wait this is the, uh, the phone number one maybe it's at forty eight. It's not at forty. No. Well, okay, despite... Okay, it doesn't matter if it's two minutes or not. Um, no, it does, actually. Why? I think it does. Oh, here it is. Okay. Focus on one eye and be sure to blink occasionally so you don't look like a psychopath or get your ass kicked. Ma- maintain eye contact when you're speaking. That is something I've been improving. When you're speaking, yes. it's really challenging. I, that's been something I've been improving on. Listening is uh, it's not, Easy as, as, not as challenging, yeah. Okay, it says, learn to eye gaze. My friend Michael Ellsberg invited us, invented a singles event called eye gazing. It is similar to speed dating, but different in one fundamental respect. No speaking is permitted. It involves gazing into the eyes of each partner for three, three minutes at a time. But you see, this oh, is okay. at a thing. That's probably where I got it from. Yeah. Yeah, that's an, that's an uncomfortable thing. They, they, they get up in a line facing each other. Your face can just crumble into nothing. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? What I mean? Like, like if someone, you're, if someone you're... staring into your soul. <laughs> like, 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 dude, Dan. Lucas told me that Dan stared at him for like a good minute in the interview before he said anything. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it sucks that like he he doesn't like he. I don't know how much he like really knows Dan, but I feel like they if like once they get a chance of meeting, they they're just gonna like fucking feed off of each other. Like with jokes? Yes, with jokes. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine I imagine he was just looking at him like, what? Why are you looking at me like that? But anyway, this, <laughs> this eye-gazing thing. Dude, have you been trying it? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Define somewhat. Like, I don't go out there initially just to neither do i like like i don't say to myself okay i'm gonna do this you know like find somebody but like i'm going to the mall today you like i'll go up to like i'll figure somebody is uh you know like so you know across the room just making eye contact or whatever Hmm. and then you hold it for as much as seems comfortable this is how we do the podcast for the entire rest of the time we'll be completely staring at each other yeah we should in, in order to practice yeah Although, let's hope it doesn't defeat some of the, uh, uh, or wither some of the qual- the quality of our, our speech, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean, that it's only going to improve it. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so odd just continually making eye contact. But, yeah. you know, typically I do fade away in, you know, I will look across the room or towards the floor when I'm explaining something that mm-hmm. needs some... Uh, yeah, kind of thought, mm-hmm. but getting in the habit of staring at somebody while they are talking to you, I mean, it's really not too challenging. To, no, to to especially if you're friends with them, it just needs probably just practice. Mm-hmm. Let's go for practice. I was I was practicing at, at, like not just with the people like there's nothing over there. Well, why were you looking at? Shut <laughs> up! So, not just with the people at the kitchen, but when I was talking to Mr. Weber, like. Like I, I was like looking at him while I talked, but he didn't really, right? He, he didn't really make much eye contact. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I was wondering because he's, he's like you know the boss boss, 
Okay. And also, he's very conscientious, and he's a dominant figure, but he, he doesn't give much eye contact. Not at that moment. You know, I've noticed that, too. I was working alongside him. He's also a humanities, uh, part of the humanities. He's, he's a humanitarian. Yeah. I wouldn't be, uh... He's the head of the, uh... wouldn't be surprised. Human Resources Department. Yes, he mm-hmm. did take that, that up that role after... So maybe he doesn't want to seem too intimidating. Um, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You know, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with him, mm. uh, in respect to, you know, the, kind of the hiring challenges that we've been facing and, mm-hmm. um, you know, working alongside him at the, uh, at the elevator the last weekend, you know, we were both trying to... You were fixing the elevator with him? We weren't... Well, we were, we were scrubbing down the elevator because there was, uh, there was, well, they're going to redo the elevator, okay? Yeah, I know. So we had to take off the moldings and they're, they're sticky moldings. We had to get rid of all this goo. So, uh, we were in there for about an hour all three of us trying to scrub off that stuff. <laughs> the rare occasion, the three of you guys? It was me, Dom, or, yeah, me, Dominic, and Lucas. Mm. And and Weber was there on occasion just to check up and kind of help us out. And, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's great to, you know, here's something I've been thinking about recently is mm. when you're, when you're communicating with somebody who is or associating with anybody who is on like a much greater kind of level of status and like position than you are, mm. like obviously there's a clear hierarchy at work, but um, even like outside of work, like in, in a place of uh, like contacting businesses mm-hmm. and people like that. And even like I'm, I'm a teenager, but I, I try to act as if I'm like somebody their own age, whoever mm-hmm. it is I'm talking to their own age who is interested in, you know, whatever they're having to offer. Mm. Right. Or, or anything like that. I might be losing you on this, but I'm, I'm trying to focus, maintain. You're not losing me on this. I'm I'm just thinking about like how, so like, for example, like I'm just thinking about how, how that person that you're talking to would, would would feel react and feel to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to, I had to contact this guy, uh, our like insurance guy for quotes on motorcycle insurance. And I was just talking to him. Uh, in the middle uh, of the hello? day. Hello, uh, hi. No, <laughs> no, no. I told him. I told him that I was I was driving between, uh, like, you know how I go to CSI and and like I was driving between those schools, and I was just like, yeah, I'm actually on my lunch hour right now. <laughs> <I'm, I'm> like, <laughs> so you actually use terminology? Well, and he's just like, where do you work? And I'm like, I'm, I'm in high school. <laughs> and I, I went in on I, I told him about it and everything, and he's just like, oh well, okay. And he's just like this middle aged man. And everything, and I'm inquiring about this, you know, insurance, but it's for me, so that's why I was reaching out to him. And after a few emails, I had to call him again, and he's just like, "Oh, you you skipping class again?" <laughs> kind of were shooting the bull a little bit in the yeah. beginning of the thing. <laughs> that's really interesting, you know. But like trying to associate yourself like uh, on their level, mm-hmm. on somebody like that's level, mm-hmm. I think uh, creates greater like conversational awareness or even just relationship awareness between you guys. You know, if you're constantly like kind of being like, that's how I talk with Mr. Weber. Good. I, I, you know, and I, I've noticed that too. You, you, you know, and, and that's, that's great because like all the progress, you notice that, that in yourself. No, no. In, in you, what am I talking to Mr. Weber? Like in the kitchen? Well, you were talking about the book the other day. You guys talk about books. Oh yeah. You guys have always talked about books for for a while now. Yeah, but it's never been like this this high of a degree. Sure. The intensity. Dude, is... he read Ishmael. Has he really? Yes. Fantastic. I, is, he read the so Bible crazy. like four times. He read the Bible four times. I don't remember the exact number, but it was more than twice. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, pretty pretty impressive. Tower of Babel. I read it twice. I I read the Tower of Babel. Dude, it was a fucking interesting conversation. Dude, I have to say. What what a what a like uh how do I say this this like curtain that you're like sort of like revealing here. Like, yeah. Dude, you should have seen how like lit up his face got when he's talking about the book and then he's like, dude, when I went he's not he's like when I went to Paris, man, I had such a good fucking time, I gotta tell you. Like the door was locked and he's like 
He's because nobody could come in. We were talking about like important stuff. Yeah. You know, and then um, he's like, he's like, let me show you, let me show you the pictures of my vacation. So he's like, I got to show you the blue door. I got to show you the blue door. What's the blue door? The blue door was his spiritual um, kind of soul, soul realization. The blue door is is the the is the apartment where Hemingway stayed at in nineteen twenties. Okay. And he really likes Hemingway. And he went to that door and took a picture of it. And he's like, he's like everything in that fucking city. The the Louvre, the Louvre, the, the Louvre, the Eiffel Tower, the uh, the Place Vendome, the Ritz. Yeah. yeah Place Vendome. Nothing compared to the door. The blue door. He's like, I, I had like this profound like feeling of like that door. Well, that door is like opens to everything that has influenced him, I guess, from from Hemingway. Right? I mean, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. What, what, I, did, I, you, what did you think? Of I know. I think that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, like in, in that room is where he's, you know, the work that has influenced him was was created mm-hmm. it's like going to the you know the factory where something was produced like you know what i said to him i stopped him when he was talking at one point and he's like i'm like you know who you remind me of and he goes who but like he, he expected to hear it i said hemingway and he goes that's ironic that you say that it's <laughs> <laughs> ironic that you say that <laughs> this is fucking interesting man. <laughs> you know i <laughs> three minutes ago when you had just mentioned to me about how he kind of has been impacted greatly by Hemingway. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, parallels between <laughs> him and Hemingway before you even you know, referenced Yeah, but that. did you realize it, like, consciously? When, uh, up until now. Mm-hmm. Up, up until, like, three minutes ago or whatever. Um, but, dude, you know, I tell you, like, because I've only, you know, got my, uh, how do you say, uh, how do you Americans say, uh, Got my foot wet <laughs> in Hemingway. Foot in the door. Got my foot in the door with Hemingway through The Old Man in the Sea. Yeah. I only read Sun Also Rises, which was very good. Yeah. I'm kind of actually... Uh, makes me want to read... He was talking about um, the one where he's an ambulance driver. Which one? I always forget the name of it. Farewell to Arms. I was going to ask if... The Farewell of Arms was written by Hemingway. I oh, had, yeah. I had... Uh, That's my next one I want to read. I was unsure about it. But, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, I was confusing Farewell to Arms with uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah. What's that one about? It's about World War One from the... Uh, uh, Germans? The German perspective, actually, like the German Polish perspective. So I guess the main characters are Polish. I think hmm. I've only read like the first chapter, but uh, yeah, I think it's from the Polish perspective. Apparently, it's one of the mo- the greatest novels there is. Apparently, is it a history book or a fiction? It's um realistic fiction. Period film or period or historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I think I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, interesting. Um, World War One has been something I've been very interested in lately. I asked Jake if he could recommend some books, and he recommended like three books. One day, I'll, one day I'll uh, I'll accept his offer and because uh, he wants to lend me one of his books. But World War One, what I'm really looking for is, I know they were shitty in the war, but the Italian warfare in the mountains that interests me against the Austrians in World War One. Yeah. Because there was this, there was this quote. I was watching this this uh, YouTube channel called The Great War. There was this quote. One of the Italian generals said in World War One that there is an impending idea that we'll be going to battle with Austria, Austria Hungary, Hungary, and one of the Austrian generals said, "When an, an empty gun, when an empty pistol." It's pointed at my chest. I do not fold and hand my wallet over. I wait for that bullet or that that pistol to be filled with ammunition. And that really struck me. You understand? I do. Although it does sound a little clunky. But I I, I understand. 
when an empty pistol is pointed at my chest, I do not hand my wallet over. I wait for that chamber to be filled. Yeah, like the the gun to be. Italy has no loaded gun. Yes, yes, and, and so they can't be making open threats without really backing. They they just exactly. talk the they talk the talk. They mm-hmm. don't actually. Uh, there's nothing to back it up. There was one instance where they actually conquered some land in Africa, or no, the Middle East, and it was because they and they they never had any good strategic. Uh, we need Jake back. Where's Jake? I would, dude. I, I invited Jake to this podcast, uh, as, as well as Christian. But Jake said he had a lot of stuff to do. I really like to hear what he has to say about this, dude. Like, yeah, Italy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake Weber. It's been a long time since we had him on a podcast. He was on like what episode seven? Five? Five? I yeah. think. Yeah. Maybe somewhere like that. Um, <laughs> we needed we need an episode with him where the audio's not shit. Yeah. You remember that, don't you? You remember how he said that uh, he, like, it was Sam's birthday and and then Weber was like, like you know, kind of, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll go on the podcast. We got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not fucking getting. Well, dude, let's go to his office one day, set aside 45 minutes, come with some questions. I bet you he wants to do it. Me and him talk for like, an hour and a half. Really? Yeah. About about not. You were on the clock. <laughs> yeah. You were on the clock. <laughs> and that hour and a half was not was not part of the reason why I came into his office. Yeah. Right. 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 It was kind of it just evolved into that. Yeah. 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 He'd be perfect for the podcast. Yeah, dude. You know, I would love to uh, to prepare some questions based on. We could ask him things about, like. Where he came from, how did he build up his assets? Well... It'd be like an advice podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, or what are his assets, you know, and what's, you know, what is his, uh, you know, main uh, economic, uh, like, how do you say, philosophy? Mm-hmm. What does he believe in economically? Where, where, Where is, you know, he's, you know, uh, an older man, but what are his ambitions for the future? You're an older man, sir, but what are your ambitions for the future? Or maybe he's middle-aged. You know, I would, I would call him middle-aged. Um, maybe he's like late 40s or something. Um, but uh, I would definitely, uh, you know, I definitely think that he's, he's, uh, he's got energy for the future, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know how there's like people that work at the jobs like that and they're like counting down the days till retirement? I mean, he owns a 10% stake in a company, doesn't he? I, yeah, I believe so. I, that's that's a pretty big chunk. Yeah. I mean, that, that that is nothing to complain about. You know what I mean? I mean, from my point no, of no, view... No, no, yeah. Dude, I, I completely agree. Always want more. I'm just saying, like, you know how there's people, like, who work, you know, dead-end jobs, and they're kind of counting down the days till they can stop working? Mm-hmm. Uh, I... That's you know, idiotic. With people that are, I don't want to say like enlightened, like us. Yeah, they're, they're always working on intellectuals. Something. <laughs> We're always working on something. Yeah. You no, know, but uh, but yeah, generally, I mean, you know, there's always something to be worked at. You know, we may be a step above the people who do who do not try to do this kind of thing, who do not try to fix their lives. But the truth of the matter is, is that. We don't know what the fuck we're doing, just like the rest of them. Yeah, dude. We're just trying things. That's yeah. it. Well, we're like our aim is to improve. Yes. And our aim is somewhere. You somewhere. know what? I want to pull up this this uh, picture. I was just, I, I I somehow managed to get for free Beyond Order on uh, Audible, and it's an incredible book. Yeah. Peterson was talking about. You read that book. You remember I've when read was... like four chapters. Okay, so you definitely but read like it. random chapters. Okay, yeah. did you read two? Not to to finish to completion. Okay, I want to find this picture. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, what you were saying, dude. I honestly think the only thing that separates us from like normal 
like uh, kids our age and everything is that our aim is just tore in a different direction yeah you know what I'm saying like that's just that's the only thing it's not like intelligence uh, it's definitely not intelligence it's, it's it's gotta be something more like just like the the focus of like where we're so intelligent where do we want to go you know what what path do you fall down so look at this wait where were you going with that all I'm saying is like we're not special the only thing that makes us special is where we where we want to go mm-hmm and, like, our aim to get there, um, you know, based on, like, some of the principles that we've read, that we've read about in this book, right here, once under my arm, mm-hmm. and in, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's book as well, who's kind of a forgotten figure, I feel like, in my mind. Yeah, me too. To some extent. I, I do. Kind of, I, I moved on from his book. It's a great initial book. Forgotten figure to us, or? No. Uh, I mean, to... Like mainstream, mm-hmm. like money, I agree with that. Uh, money culture, right? Um, or I guess uh, entrepreneur culture. Like this book is is definitely a good follow up. This book right here, four hour work week. Um, but once I'm through with this, it's like where do I go then? Probably maybe Tools of Titans, from Ferris, uh, Tim Ferriss. Um, what is that? It's a it's a book actually, the preview of the book is in the back here, or uh, I I did want to read the art of uh, learning, too. Anyway, um, tools of titans is the tactics, routines, and habits of billionaires, icons, and world class performers. That's everything in that book already. But it can't be because. No, dude, get a book. I mean, do what you want, but. It would be best to get a book, or like that textbook I have upstairs with Robert Kiyosaki about real estate. Okay. Like that's how, a book. How is that, by the way? It's good, but there's other things I, I'm reading. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been putting all my, my lot in life has been learn Italian, learn Italian. Focus on one thing and aim solely at it. Dude, people have been telling me, and I never realized this because I'm only one person and one brain, but they were like, you have fucking improved so crazily and, and that was that was at the end of april like my cousin was saying I, i've improved incredibly my grandparents my mom diego stefano said i speak better than dad he goes marco you speak better than your father <laughs> well i mean we all speak a broken not broken but a dialect that's really lazy that's true. You can be good though. Anyway, so I wanted to get to this, but first of all, what is that? What are you doing? You know that chapter in Beyond Order? It's called Aim. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it's uh, about potential. Well, yeah, it's like. Figure out where you want to go and aim solely at it. I think that's two. I think I. I think it. I think it is two. Rule two: Imagine who you could be. Yes. And then aim single-mindedly at that. And when it comes to like learning something challenging, I think you really like like Italian. You really have to be fully involved with it. You are, are the verb. You have to conjugate the verbs in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, there's, yeah. Verb conjugation is. God damn. In romance language, is pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, verb conjugation though, you know, it can be practiced pretty well. In fact, I I don't know how much, like in Italian, what are the different uh, forms that you conjugate verbs into? Ire, are, ere. Is that it? That's it. So wait, what? Do, how do you say I? Like, if is there a word for I? Like, to be? Well, okay, like... Io sono. Io is I. To be is sono. That's the the kind of... Okay, but what what is it for you? What if you say you be? To say. And there's an irregular verb, too. Yeah, there's a lot of irregular. Uh, To stai. That's interesting, because in in Spanish, it's, it's yo, 
which is well, it's uh, it's it's I, you, he, she, he or she, and then it's we, and then there's you all, mm-hmm. and then there's they, which is six. And it's points. vostro. Yeah, vosotros is you all. Oh, vostro. In Italian, it's vostro. In uh, but they is uh, they is a or eos eas. Which is just I vaguely remember that. Which is just, you know, plural, uh, you uh, plural they. If there's if it's girls you say as if it's if it's uh, guys you just say as. Um, but yeah, those are the six different forms. In conjugation, my uh, verb conjugation was always kind of challenging for me. I've gotten a lot better at it though. You and everyone else. Yeah, I've gotten a lot better at it, though because we do verb of the week in Spanish, which is where we have one verb. That at the end of the week we have a test on, mm. and basically we have this whole page where it's all you have to conjugate the verb into every single form, every single tense that there is you have to conjugate it into. There are like three different forms of past tense. Yeah. In uh, Italian, and and they're, I mean that's the same thing for English, but. Like, like what do you mean, like? So there's one called. Uh, passato remoto, which is so. Here's here's the line. Yeah, the timeline. You have the timeline. Yes. And obviously, the left is where it starts. Yeah, yeah. And the right okay. is where it ends. Yeah. So you have passato remoto. Passato remoto is close to the end. So future? No, no, no. It's it's close to. So here here's the border for future on the right. Or like here, well, and here. And here's the the highest length of past that it can go. Organize it by like past. Future or past, present, future. Well, I'm, we're not going to start on future yet. I'm going to expand the thing. Okay. So, so here, so so here, here's where future starts. Okay. And future goes this way, but we're not focusing on that yet. So we're cutting it off here. All right. Capisco? Well, okay. Let me. Passato remoto. Passato remoto. What's the English translation for? For what? The tense. Remote past. Remote past. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but it, it, but it, it's weird because it's closer to the present than it is passato prossimo. And passato prossimo is what everyone uses. Like, passato prossimo would be like, like, you know, obviously there's only one conjugation for the verb, but you have to use another verb like... Has and, and, and yeah, had in, in uh, you had done this, which mm-hmm. is in Spanish, aver. In Italian, it is avere. Okay, so, so in Italian, sounds... you would say like, you have eaten, I mangiato. Yeah, you have eaten. As of now, you have eaten. I have eaten. As of then, you had eaten. As of tomorrow, you will have eaten. All these different, they're called uh, um, perfect tenses. Present perfect. Yeah, present, past, and conditional perfect. As, you know, as of tomorrow, like, you know, as of, uh, you know, then, we would not have thought about that. Or we would, it's, you know, using would. Um, I mean, if you, you remember when we, I mean, I did this all the time. I would always say, why the fuck do we have to learn English? I know everything about it. No, we do. Learning, taking Spanish in school has let me learn more about English as well. Mm-hmm. Especially verbs. Verb tenses. Makes sense to me. And like direct object pronouns, indirect object pronouns, um, articles, verbs, adverbs, adverbial clauses. I mean, I, like... Prepositions are something I have trouble with in Italian. Like, if you want to say, I'm going to the store, mm-hmm. there's a different preposition for each thing, like, like, I think you can use at or in. Like, I'm going in the store. So you would say, like, Io vado nella, nel, nella negozio. No, nello negozio. You have to put, like, the O or the A at the end of the preposition. I mm. always forget to. My teacher always has to correct me. So. Yeah, dude. I Well, in Spanish, you know, you just say ah. So if you wanted to go somewhere. That's it. Yeah, like, ir, uh, ir, ir, to go, ah, uh, you know, wherever. Uh, la playa, which is beach, or 
a la escuela or vamos a la playa si or you know uh, so it's a voy a uh, you know or you say voy al mercado which is is the combination of a and al because you don't say voy a el mercado you say voy al mercado so, mm-hmm. combine. so you combine them yeah there's that there's a lot of that too in uh, Spanish yeah you're in two right I'm in AP <laughs> holy shit this is my fifth year of Spanish oh my god I forgot and I'm still that. really really bad at it <laughs> it's because you're not speaking we don't are you speak? writing in your spare time uh yeah a little bit I try my, I try you gotta read it well I read you know here's the thing I don't I don't I'm not fully involved in it get fully involved in it yeah I know I know that's the the best way to while really you're learn. young dude learn a new language while you're young yeah anytime learn a new language no I mean especially now especially yes yes I know well dude what do you think I'm doing not doing it hard enough well I do it for an hour a day what what write and read well no I mean I'm in class no, that's not enough. It's not enough. No. It really isn't. You're sitting in class it is in a lecture. It is something. You read Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's something. It is 10%. I'm sorry. It, it is, is 10%. 1% it is of, the, 10. of the potential learning that it's, you could do. It's probably 10%. 1%, 10% of the beneficial learning. Yeah. You need you need to like play Scrabble more or something. Well, dude, my, my Scrabble, Scrabble, in Espanol, <laughs> is más mejor de inglés. It's bad? No, better. Oh, yeah, that's right, right. Like, it, my Scrabble... Mejor. Yeah, my Scrabble in, in Spanish. That's interesting. In Italian, it's medio. Oh. Better. Anyway, go on. Dude, my, uh... Yeah, like, you know, you know we, we played Scrabble in English. And, and I, I, I suck at it, In dude. Nashville. Yeah, I suck at it. I, I, I literally can't think of words. In Spanish, though, I, I it's fine. I played Scrabble for like two days uh, in Italian on my phone. Then I'm just like, fuck it. I don't need it. I have all this stuff now. Like Duolingo I have. Like Professor Dave explains. Stefano hates him. But uh, that guy, the guy who, who I, I listen to speaks Italian. Yeah, he's too corny. Oh. Yeah. But uh, too corny for some people. But I have that, Duolingo. Now I have this book. You have your mom. Gave me. I have my mom. I that's, just... that's an incredible resource. Yeah, dude. and you know what? You and this book here inspired me to do that on va- in Nashville on that vacation. You're like, Marco, why don't you just fucking do it? What? Like, like, I remember you said, if my mom spoke, spoke Spanish, I would be taking advantage of that, and I'd be so happy. I would be trying to talk to her every single day. Like, like annoying solely, her. Solo en español. Por favor. You're romanticizing about it. Eventually you get bored of it. Not bored of it, but eventually it would be, like, strenuous. Yeah, if you want to explain things complexly. But, you know, if, you got, if you're committed on both sides, you know, and your mom's trying to help you, you know, uh, you know, really learn or, like, describe some words, she can, like, hint some things at you. Mm-hmm. So, like, we play games in Spanish, though, like, where, like, one person knows the word, and they have to describe to you what it is, and then you have to say it. What if I spoke in Italian to you and you spoke Spanish? I sometimes pick up uh, what you're saying a little bit. Okay. Uh, quando quando uh, parliamo? Parliamo? Par, parliamo. When something? Quando parliamo, uh, vedre uh, con gli occhi. When we speak together. Continua. Uh, cuando uh, nosotros hablamos en juntos, uh, nosotros creemos en, uh, en una manera advanza y en una manera diferente. Um, y por ejemplo, es uh, cuando... Um, Trabajando, trabaja, trabajamos a uh, Cherry Creek. Uh, en, eh, estamos a la dish tank. <laughs> eh, nos, nos somos, uh, nosotros practicamos 
uh, español. En el modo. En el modo. En, 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 uh, en tu cabeza. Er, <laughs> en, en, en el mío cabeza. En, en la cabeza de uh, nuestros. Las cabezas de nuestros. Nuestro. Uh, nuestros. What is nuestro? It's ours. Our. In Italian is ore. 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 Mi español es, es no. Ace. Bueno. What kind of your accent? Es? When I was in Italy in 2019. Es? Es. Es. I, I also hear you're saying um. Um. Say, uh, in Italian. Si. Sí. Uh, 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 no, uh, no lo so. Uh, si. Sí. Uh, this decían 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 me trying to practice conjugation uh, oh se dicen en uh, en los países en Europa uh, especialmente escribiendo uh, um es uh, es el mismo de like e like e h e e like e especialmente in in spain in españa like h a h a is or s is j a j a so ah uh, right um, it's is es uh, trans uh, translato uh, translato <laughs> is that the word no <laughs> say trans in Italian it is traduzione yeah traduce yeah t- uh, se traduce tra- uh, se traduce a uh, ha 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 so in in English you say uh, ha 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 h a h a h En español, uh, porque J es pro, se produce, se produce uh, por ha, ha, uh, con un H sound. I, I'm sorry, I'm spanglishing everything here. But um, what I'm trying to say is... Don't spanglish. I, uh, yo... In italiano, hablo oggi, con oggi uh, impariamo... Uh, a, pal- a parlare uh, quello un momento un momento uh, può uh, puoi uh, parlare in italiano lentamente per, per piacere so I said can the word hmm. palabra Palabre? Pal- parlare. 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 Es, is that... It means to speak. Oh. Yes. Interesting, because palabra is uh, a word, is what you call word in Spanish. Oh, parole is word in Italian. Oh. Parole. Cool, man. Okay. Enough language. We've spoken not English long enough for our podcast. No, es, es, es nunca, nunca es suficiente. Or suficiente, suficiente. Nunca. Non capisco. Capisco. Que es capisco? Capish. Ah, sí. sí. Tu sei es. es. Uh, que está di? Uh, sabia. sabia perfecte, perfectamente. Uh, Si, la nostra si lingua. Nos, si no, nosotros uh, practic, practicamos un, una lingua que es el mismo. Or la misma. La misma. What are you saying? It would be perfect if we were speaking pretty much the same language. Like I wish. If we were like able, like if you were to speak Spanish or I were to speak Italian. You should just switch to Spanish. No. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. So I've been staring at this thing forever. And I know yeah, you know Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. That was, that was what you are trying to get at. No, no, no. It's okay. 
So, this has been something I was thinking about since last night. God damn it. This, my friend, is... Plastic. I don't remember what it's called, but this thing here, what does this look like? This is called Look Up Chaos Orb Alchemic Drawing. What is, what does this look like to you? This it's thing on the kind of like the Earth. Look closer. Globe. There's uh, it looks kind of like an orb. You know, it looks almost like the Snitch. In Harry did did you did you did you read Harry Potter before? Oh you... no! What the hell? No, I saw that you opened that up to a different tab. But yeah, that looks like the Snitch. Because mm -hmm. it is a Snitch. Did you read chapter chapter two? No. Perhaps I should. Yeah. Let me explain to you. Oh, aim soullessly aim aim solely at what you want to be. At the greatest possible thing. The snitch. The the game ends. You win mm -hmm. when the snitch is mm -hmm. caught. Mm -hmm. That's it. And to get to that, what's guarding that is a dragon. Okay. You know how many times Harry Harry has, has to struggle to get that snitch? His arm breaks at one point, but he still catches it. Yeah, with his mouth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Snape is trying to, you know... No, not Snape. Well, that's what we think. <laughs> and then it turns out to be Voldemort. Technically. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's the end-all, be-all. It's impossible to see. Mm -hmm. You can barely see it. Right? Like, you know, if you're on the pitch, you could barely see it. Harry is playing the highest of all games on that field. They're all playing metagames. You know, Fred and George are playing the metagame that's like, defend my teammates. Yeah. You know, with power and... What's it called? Take the little thing. Power and uh, reflexes. And, you know, the scorers are scoring scoring the goal, just scoring the minimal goals. Yeah. They're doing stuff, but ultimately, the seeker is the greatest of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how they designate one person to be the seeker. It's a very good game and a very good series of books. Yeah. Can't wait. I mean, I, I don't want to say this, but... I have, I'm leaving, I was going to say I can't wait to get home from Italy so I can read Goblet of Fire, but that's what I'm leaving for after the trip, so I have a place to escape to, in in the uh, the height of um, um, the downwardness of being home from vacation like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, let's talk about Italy. You're going. I'm excited. Where are you going? Uh, wow. Three weeks. May 27th. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love my classmates to death, man. Not to death, but I know I'm going to really enjoy their company this trip. Oh, that's right. Like, th dude, there are so many interesting people. So, to my left is Antonio, and to his left is Armand. Those are my group members mm -hmm. for the project. Um, again, like I, like I said, they're very... Very, very interesting. I love talking to them. Um, and in front of me sits um, Justin. And to the right of him sits a girl named Taya. And she speaks like six, seven languages. Wow. It's fucking crazy, man. She's a polygot. Polygot? Mm -hmm. that's, that's what that is, multiple languages? Yeah, what, uh, what languages does she speak? I asked her, she said... I mean, it was all, it, it was saying in Italian. So she said like Francese, French, Spagnolo, Spanish, Italiano, Inglese. I think she said uh, Tedesco, which is German. And then she said Al Albanese, because she's from Albania. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. All those languages. And, and she's learning French, actually. I would like to learn French, but dude, that's, it, it's fucking interesting. Let me tell you. Well, the first, the... Hardest language to learn is the first one. After that, they flow much easier. What language did I say first? Francese? No. 
any language that you learn, the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really easier. Yeah. Or the heart. We, we probably shouldn't be thinking about, sometimes I think about it, but we probably shouldn't be thinking about what languages we want to learn next. Right. Just learn this one. Mm -hmm. It's like the first million is the hardest to make. After that, they just come so easily. Mm -hmm. But dude, I, I see fucking good times ahead, man. Me too. Like, I, I see hard times. Hard times. times? Yeah. What hard times? Challenge. For you or me? For me. What's Challenge. that? Business. Yeah, that's like, fuck. Yeah. I have yet to even see that. But, good times. Excuse me. Good times will be had, Andrew. Because you will learn from your failure. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that's... You know, you gotta pay a pretty expensive price to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, you pay for your failures. Literally in money. Yeah. And that's a scary thing for people. Scary thing for me because yeah. I'm so cheap, man. You love you love Antonio. We're talking about pasta. Or like what foods we like to eat. And uh, and he said he won't eat pasta. And he said in Italian, he said, uh, Terchio? Uh, and he said, because I'm cheap. And then my, my professor, like, grilled him. She was talking about how inexpensive pasta was. Pasta ingredients were. She said, she said, uh, I pasti? I pomodoro? E basta. Perché è terchio? And he just sat there like, what? Because, you know, nobody ever really understands what she's saying. You know. But, Che? Repita, por favor. Che? Repita, por favor. Cosa? Che? In Italian, we say, uh, Che cosa detti? What are you saying? Yeah. But the things that we're learning right now, Andrew, yeah. it's very good to be reading. I never expected this to be happening, but it is. Sometimes when I read, not now, because what I'm reading now is that history book, which will help me write my thing your book yeah and um i want to talk to you about that off the air um and i'm reading italian so both of those things are benefiting both of those books are benefiting my outward productivity you remember reading that in here in a four-hour work week do things that that just stop absorbing information and, and put that information into things that you can do in real life. Yeah. Actions. Cross over everything. Mm -hmm. Have everything overlap each other. So so I, I didn't realize this. I wasn't able to put it into words at the time. But sitting in the car driving out of Nashville. Or driving into Nashville. I had the, I had the idea in my head that um, it's time to start putting this into action. Because I'm not going to learn anything if I just, if I just like, absorb the information. Nothing's going to happen. Have more conversations about what I read. Um, contact the right people. Uh, I, I, I've been contacting millions of people. This I contacted a poetry slam when I was in the Kresge Library at Oakland. Um, I contacted a creative writing club. I contacted several, several, several advisors over these last three three weeks. Get good at writing emails. I am already good at writing emails, let me tell you. I mean, not perfect, but... I can always improve. It, 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 it's like anything else. You have, you have to you have to put a header in. I, I contacted Jonathan Height. Did I tell you about that? No. I contacted him, but right now he's he's not taking any emails because he just put out his article, which you would like. It's in the Atlantic. It's about it's about how uh, won't get too into this, but it's about how um, social media is taking us by storm. It's kind of like 1984ish. But I contacted him. And I asked him, like, I posed a question to him, just like Tim Ferriss said. Like, pose a question to him. Not about helping you. Yeah. About, about him. You know what I mean? Right. That is, Something is I'm interested question in. Question that he sees worthwhile. I asked him, and I'm not sure I asked him if he's pessimistic. He said, I am very pessimistic. He, he responded to you. Yeah, he did. Jonathan Wright. Mm -hmm. But he didn't respond back. And um, 
I mean, then how do you know? Wait, how did you find out he was supposed to message? He, he, didn't, he didn't respond back to my third, my second message. Oh, probably so because he was writing that article. He responded to your first one, mm-hmm. and then you tried to you tried to create a thread, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, well, and I should have uh, I should have uh, asked something else, but it's it's whatever. But I've been contacting people like that. Good. I need to do that. Uh, who else did I contact? I know I contacted somebody else. I don't remember, but but I, I've been I've been doing things like that, like taking these challenges and actually doing them. Dude, like the eye contact one is only the tip yeah. of the iceberg. Yeah, man. Like, I could contact Tim, Tim Ferris. You could try. I I want to I want to see if I can talk if I can contact Ryan Holiday, and ask him about uh, what were the core or not the core, what were um, hardcore for lack of a better words ways that he opened his bookstore that's what i want to know about him i didn't even know he had a bookstore in his youtube channel he, he always films his youtube channel his youtube videos there oh i thought that was just his like library oh no that's his bookstore he's like guido hmm? he's like guido mm, in uh life is beautiful mm-hmm. except well there might be some difference there but there's a lot man there's yeah. a lot you can do in life are you doing stuff like that Contacting people, famous people, not just famous people, people that are a lot higher than you. Um, no. Talk to them like you're famous, not famous, but talk to them like, like you know they're things. a normal person, like they're a normal person, and that you can get things done. That's how you talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like when I when I went I know, to Mr. I know, Weber's man. office today, I said, I mean, it's obviously still a little nervous around him, but I said. Uh, because, you know, I said I was going to come in yesterday and talk to him today. And I said, oh, I'm here. And uh, I made my decision. Um, which I won't get into. But it was very short. We got to get off the air, man. Because there's some things that we got to talk about before I leave. Some of these ideas. Okay. Well, let's hold you down? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, well, this has been episode 23, I guess. Of the podcast, I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, we've been absent for a while. Sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not. It's sorry. not even my fault. You guys had all these fucking projects. I'm not sorry. Um, I'm not sorry. I don't do this for you. No, but you guys know why we do this podcast. Yeah, Andrew has made that clear from the beginning. Um. But uh, always a pleasure to get back. And to talk with an audience, no matter how, uh, no matter the quantity. We love talking with the audience. <laughs> thank you, Todd. Well, just like, in, yes, thank Todd. Thank Todd. Uh, just like in the, like, perceived presence of, uh, of an audience, right? So, uh, yeah. So, we'll, uh, we'll do this again shortly, especially before you leave, Marco, for Italy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Peace out. Thanks for listening, Todd.